are listening to the American Truth Project podcast. Hey, B, it's so good to be on with you. I'm so excited for your show. So excited to be in Israel. You've told me so much and made me so excited uh, to be here today and especially to have uh, the amazing tour guides I do of your crew, your amazing daughter, and of course, your amazing uh, person here on the ground in Israel for your team. So it's an honor to be with you and it's windy because it's supposed to storm tomorrow here in Israel. I love it so far because it, it, to me it's kind of the culmination of a lot of really precious things to me. One is, you know, that I found out that I had Jewish heritage through my father's line, but I think it, I call it Jewish-ish. It still kind of counts. And, uh, and so I've always wanted to come for that reason, but also being a devout Christian um, and believing in um, the protection and, um, and the... Uh, the doctrine, really, of, of Israel, um, I just delighted to be here. So I spoke at Mar-a-Lago at an event for um, called Friends of Israel and there after my speech the consul, the Miami uh, based uh, American Israeli consul came to me and asked if I had ever been to Israel and if I were interested in coming. And so, of course, you know, my answer was absolutely yes. And so he connected me with what is a delegation of uh, women. And I will tell you, interestingly, oh, my nails, you don't want to miss those. Interestingly, um, <laughs> my the delegation is um, a group of very feminist oriented, um, not conservative women. Um, so I figure I have a lot of time to learn and be alone with God, kind of, and have this experience sort of to myself and to listen to them. I think it's good. I don't think we should be in an echo chamber all the time as conservatives. I think it's good to um, listen to them and to be sure that we still know what we're talking about, know why we believe what we believe. And so for me, um, I'm going to make the best of that and I'm going to bring my family back and, uh, and hopefully someday see the one and only Barry here. So the president, um, to know him is to love him. And I know that a lot of people say that, so it maybe sounds trite, but I can't get over how sincere he is and how, how much he cares about other people. I'm super blessed in that I get to see the president when he's in his casual mode with his friends and his family, recovering from a week in the Beltway, recovering from the swamp, and kicking back with his friends and family. And he, he never, ever sees me at an event that he doesn't call me over. Sometimes even if he's not meeting with the head of state, invite me to sit down. Sometimes even if he is, he's very friendly. He's very impromptu, but you knew that already. And um, he's just a very gracious person. And then the first thing he does is ask a thousand questions about me. These are the kinds of things you don't see. You know, when he's not portrayed this way in the media, but it is absolutely the truth, I can guarantee you. He always asks about my family. He always asks if there's anything he can do for me. He always asks if I'm having a good time. Um, he always tells me, thank you for what you do for me, always. And always um, tells me which appearances he's seen or hasn't seen. Always asks what show I'm going on next. And if somebody's not having me on lately, one time in particular, I had a little kind of break from Sean Hannity because he was on all of the investigative stuff. And he's like, why aren't you on Sean's show? And I said, I don't know, Mr. President, you'd have to ask Sean. And he said, um, I'm gonna call him. And sure enough, he did and I was on the next week. So it really cracks me up. I think um, he's just, he takes 
every relationship he has very, very personally. He's not what you see on TV. E even, those, even those news channels that are portraying him in a positive light, they're not portraying the, the side of him that just really wants to nurture and love people full of compassion, full of compassion, full of tolerance. Um, a lot of people don't know, for example, his club Mar-a-Lago. First of all, let me say this. Belonging to a club in South Florida is, is almost a prerequisite of living there. It's the only access you have to the beach, unless you happen to be a billionaire who lives on the beach, but there are very few of those houses because it's a very small area. Mar-a-Lago is the only club that was uh, permitting both Jews and blacks for a very long time, if it's not still true. And I, I'm having trouble verifying that to be 100% sure that it's still true today. But as within the, even the last couple of years, my understanding as a new Palm Beacher is that that is the case. How is that intolerant? How is that racist? You know, they paint a picture of him that is a complete lie. And it's an honor to stand for him every day. I think that almost every decision the president has made would be one that if I could have had my way, I would have I wake up every day and smile because he's still my president. Um, certainly uh, the Iran nuclear deal, pulling out of that was a very rational decision. It was very one-sided. It wasn't accomplishing its goal, its stated goal anyway. Um, and, um, and so it was, it was a super smart thing and I'm, I'm thrilled to death with it. Um, um, as far as um, establishing uh, Jerusalem, again with the embassy that is um, I think it's something that we've been promised if I'm not mistaken since Clinton um, and every president I believe since Clinton has promised that they would do that and none of them ever fulfilled their promise and this is what this president is he's here to get a job done you know on the way here I decided to listen to art of the deal again and I did it on audible on the plane and uh, it was amazing to hear how many of the same threads you know, ran through his thought back then even. He said, you know, he's about progress. He's about getting things done. He likes to get a checklist and then get things done. You look at what he's doing right now with North Korea, phenomenal. And the only thing I can think that I really took exception to that the president has done initially were the tariffs. But the moment that uh, I stopped to consider what I know of this president, what I've known of this president from the day he came down that escalator, that is that he always has a goal in mind. He's the Babe Ruth of presidents. He points and he figures out a way to get it exactly where he said it's going to land. So the minute the tariff thing happened, I know being a free marketer, that is not in his core. But I also knew that he had a purpose that was greater than some bickering over tariffs. And sure enough, it didn't even, what did it take, a week? It didn't even take any time. And the president accomplishes another goal. So you can't be too proud of this president. We've never had someone like this. I'm sorry, he's better than Reagan. And I know that it's like, you know, I'm not supposed to say that, but he is better. And I've never seen somebody who is so committed to the American people. And I'm so thankful, Barry, because I think back to the days when you and I first met and you were doing my show and you said things like, like that he had no other motivation except to do a good thing. And it's so true. And now that I've gotten to know his family very well from, again, being in Palm Beach and Mar-a-Lago with them and gotten to know him, I can tell you he's not done. And if anyone's impatient, it's him. Because I think I was, thought I was the most impatient person in the world, but I'm pretty sure he's more impatient. And uh, we're going to see more great things out of this president as he continues. So Barry, I mean, I don't want to put it this way, but I honestly don't know how else to put it. The Democrats have sided with terror in this particular uh, in, in instance. And, and I really feel like, you know, 
I think this is going to be the demise of the Democrat Party. I truly do. None of the decisions they're making are, are rational at this point. Certainly siding with terror is not rational. Uh, certainly deciding against, uh, I'm sorry, siding against, um, for example, angel moms it, with regard to the MS-13 as they did recently, as Nancy Pelosi very clearly did. Um, certainly siding, um, you know, against life at, at every turn. When you have a lot of pro-life Dixiecrats, a lot of pro-life Democrats in the Rust Belt too, that want to be represented. Um, the fact that Nancy Pelosi and her ilk completely control the money inside of politics is the problem for the Democrats because that doesn't speak to the rank and file Democrats and um, they're, they're destroying their own party from within and I hope they kind of stay the course that they're on right now because I think that um, it will mean the total implosion of the Democrat party and I don't know what happens next and we might end up in a three-party system I could see that happening which would give Republicans a massive advantage. Well, the answer to that is, is simple, Barry. The, the Democrats couldn't attend uh, the event like the opening of the embassy here because they don't tolerate dissent in any way, shape, or form. When they talk about tolerance, they're actually the most intolerant. Um, and and why they, um, they talk about, you know, staying close to the American people and standing up for the little guy. They're not the ones standing up for the little guy. There's no littler guy than Israel. Look where Israel's located geographically. Doesn't exactly take a, 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 rocket, science to a rocket scientist to figure that out. And so uh, they're not standing for the little guy. They're not standing for the victims anymore. Um, they're not standing against terror. They're not standing even up for the American people at this point. Um, and and I, so I think that they're monolithic groupthink has put them in a place, you know, it, it really is, it's, as a, as, a, as a therapist, you're never supposed to diagnose someone without having a clinical evaluation. Well, let me say, I've clinically evaluated the Trump derangement syndrome folks out there, and I can tell you their derangement has gone so far, it has become self-destructive, and, and that's where they are now. So, it's, uh, you know, history's going to tell this story about the greatest president that America's ever had, the one who not only saved America, but quite possibly had a lot of influence in saving uh, countries like Israel who also appreciate their freedom and their religious freedom. So, Barry, Partisanship has become the solitary moniker of the Democrat Party. It is all they know. They can't even stand with the president on the, on the smallest of issues that you'd think everyone could agree on. You know, for example, they held up the nomination of Richard Grinnell as ambassador to Germany, the first gay, out, outwardly gay ambassador ever appointed. It didn't happen by Obama. It didn't happen. You know, it happened, um, you know, with, with President Trump. And the Democrats held that up. I, I look at uh, many of the uh, confirmations they're hanging up, many of the bills holding up, rather, many of the bills that they're um, not letting pass, many of the initiatives that the president has that um, speak exactly to things that the Democrats say they've always supported, and yet they, um, they're not supporting it now. So it is this true Trump derangement syndrome. It is truly, um, I would say more than a neurosis, I'd say we're close to a psychopathy because when it becomes about endangering lives as the president illustrated last week in his, his tweet, um, and as I think we're seeing, especially um, when you have things like you know, people dying, you know, in Israel, and then, the, and then the media is complicit. And this is the other thing about this that is so upsetting. When you look at Spygate, for example, there is no 
no other instance in history where we have had such a crime, such corruption, that the media hasn't been out there trying to doggedly expose it, right? In this instance, and if you look at the difference between Watergate and this, this is a big one, aside from the fact that Watergate was peanuts compared to Spygate. But the difference is that the media is complicit in covering this crime up. And I think that is um, it's a notable point in our history. I think Americans are discerning this. And, um, you know, you have your two coasts, your crazy coast. You've got New York and California. Aside from that, I think the rest of America is going, what? And I meet people every day that feel exactly the same way. And let me say one other thing. I'm sure you've made this point on your show a lot, but it was interesting to me. I have not met a single person that was not for the embassy being moved to Jerusalem. Not one person uh, in Israel who is a citizen here who disagrees with it. The only people I've met that disagree with it are the women on my delegation tour from the United States, mostly coastal. There you go. There's a really insidious answer to this, Barry, and it really has to do with the Democrats and the fact that they can't get American citizens to vote for them. Therefore, they have to make a ton of concessions. Um, it's Machiavellian, really, and um, I would say it's a... Um, totalitarian in a lot of ways. Um, one of the concessions that they have to make is that they have to try to make all illegals legal. Because if you can't get American citizens to vote for you, then you have to get foreign citizens to vote for you. To do that, they have to have a lot of money to be elected. So all that money has to come from the extreme left, like Nancy Pelosi. Therefore, they have to espouse Nancy Pelosi's narrative um, and have zero tolerance for any dissent. And that's why they have to decide, they have to side with terrorists in Israel. You would think because they have such a large population of voters who are, are Jews in, in the states that maybe they would want to speak to them. I don't know what's happened to most Jewish people in the United States. Certainly not all. I have a lot of good conservative Jewish friends that understand the Israeli issues. But they've even, uh, they've well in the U.S. I do, but they've even um, they, they've even, you, you know, some, some of the people in the United States who are Jewish have even now just kind of started to deny Israel whatsoever, which is really confusing for someone like me. But, um, but here, I think it's important to point out, like on the Gaza Strip, there's a lot of misinformation and a lot that isn't spoken in the media, even by some of our allies. Things like the fact that many of the people that look like unarmed citizenry are actually uh, soldiers, right? They're actually soldiers. They're not innocent civilians. That's why they're sticking their children out there. It's, it's, it's a terrorist act, what they're doing. And, they're, and the American media often doesn't portray it that way. And then they tell the stories of like the 60 deaths. Well, nobody said that 53 of those deaths are known by Israeli intelligence as already terror suspects. 53 of the 60 deaths were far from innocent. And there may have been some crossfire there. But again, that fault would lie only with the terrorists who put them in harm's way, even if they were innocent. So where is the accusation? Where is the blame? Another interesting thing, if you go here in Israel um, to um, Palestinian or Arab settlements, um, you, you won't see security. But if you go to Jewish settlements, you will absolutely see security. Wherever, wherever there are crowds of Jewish people, there's security everywhere. And especially Jewish neighborhoods, Jewish uh, temples, things like that. And that's, you, you, I mean, you, common sense dictates what that means. If they don't need security, and Jewish people do need security, then the aggressor cannot be the Israeli Jew.
it just can't be. It doesn't make logical sense. Why don't they need security? It's because no one's attacking them. That's only on the Gaza Strip. And that's something that's unfairly portrayed, I think, about Israel in general, is that it's all the Gaza Strip. It's not the Gaza Strip. And let's also remember how the Gaza Strip was established in the first place. That was the UN. That was not Donald Trump. That was not anybody else. That was the UN. And I think that's an important thing that's missed a lot in media as well. America has to remain a strong ally of Israel for so many reasons, and the, and the most um, the most pertinent one, honestly, is um, a, a religious reason, at least for me. And I know that that you're not supposed to ever say that, but it's true. I mean, it it, it is the um, it's the established uh, doctrinal. Um, law as God writes it in the Bible. And so to defy that, I think, is uh, really going to reap a lot of havoc. Um, and I don't believe that we will ever, because I think it's biblical. I think it's all written, and we've seen it uh, play itself out. And I think we're really seeing some amazing biblical times right in this moment. But, um, but also, because of the defeat of terror, if the more we tolerate terror in any place, especially in a small country like Israel, that really has no way to defend itself if America should turn her back, on Israel, um, that would be that would have devastating consequences that would would reverberate all over the entire continent, and so I think that um, and, and to America as well, and so I think that we really have no choice, uh, politically, geopolitically, um, certainly biblically, certainly religiously, for pur purposes of religious freedom, for purposes of defeating terror. I think we have absolutely no choice. Israel is the canary in the coal. It really is. Terrorism. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so for illustration purposes, I think we have to consider, you know, with the size of Israel, the location of Israel, um, its borders, um, its struggle, its history. We have to consider that really it is the canary in the coal mine regarding our struggle with terror worldwide. And, um, and this is such a historic problem also. Oh, and I know the other thing I wanted to say was that um, I think that you have to consider Israel in so many ways is um, an economic hub. I mean, what they do with such a small population and such a vast uh, GDP comparatively, um, what they do in terms of technology, what they contribute to the world. Um, Israel has done things very much the American way. It's a very different country, but it's done things very much the American way. And our ideals are shared, not just in terms of religion and things like that, but also in terms of business, in terms of free market economics, um, in terms of freedom of religion, um, in terms of uh, governance, even in some ways, um, certainly at least under this administ present administration. And so, um, so I think that it's very important that America maintain um, not just a great relationship with Israel, but also in defense of Israel should, should she need us because, um, because of that history and because of that likeness and because it is, um, it, it is sort of our message on the world scale. Barry, I have to tell you, and I call you B, you call me G, um, I have to tell you, it's just a really big honor um, to be on your show, and it was always an honor to have your friendship and support, um, and we went through some very interesting, trying times together. We were pulling for this president when it seemed like no one else in the whole world was pulling for this president except you and me, and we're trying to uh, hold each other up in that. And um, I could not be more pleased for you and your success. I miss you dearly. And that is the truth. And I wish you 
all success. And uh, if it weren't for you, I would not be on this trip. I would not be in this country because you helped me fall in love uh, with Israel. And um, I can't thank you enough for that. Love you, B. Thanks for listening to the American Truth Project, a 501c3 nonprofit. Please subscribe to our podcast and follow us on our social media channels to stay plugged in to the truth. Go to americantruthproject.org and subscribe to our newsletter to stay informed on the latest news.